James says, now listen, he says, pay attention. You who say today or tomorrow we're going to go to this or that city, we'll spend a year there, carry on business, make money, while well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Now instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is your boast and your brag, and all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. So again, James is pointing out three attitudes towards the will of God, ignoring the will, disobeying the will, and obeying the will. Now, we're in ignoring. We've been in that first Roman numeral ignoring, and he gave us three or four subpoints, four arguments showing the foolishness of ignoring the will of God. So most likely he's addressing businessmen or merchants that are in the church. And he hears them bragging and boasting about their plans and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. But never once did they say if it be God's will. Never once did they bring it to the Lord and ask for God's wisdom and God's grace and God's help. And again, they were making plans with no evidence that they saw God for his wisdom, for his will, for his blessing. And again, as Brother MacArthur said, and we've, we've said this each night, um, they, they were living like, uh, he called them practical atheists. Though they were Christians, they lived like God didn't exist. Practical atheists. They lived like atheists, though they called themselves Christians. Because there's nothing wrong with planning and setting goals, but when you don't include God in it, that's where you, you, get, you get in trouble. And he says, they're acting like atheists, so they're Christians. And I don't, I don't want that, because God has a good will, Amen. And God has good plans, and I want to seek those plans. And, but the first group, again, they were ignoring. They were ignoring the, the will of God. And he says, number one, that's foolish because of the complexity of life. Life's complex, amen? You think of everything that's involved, whether it's in our human bodies or, or in the business world or in the weather patterns. Life is complex. And not to um, pursue the one that knows the end from the beginning. So not to seek the one that in the beginning spoke, let there be. And chaos came into order. Not to want him to give you wisdom and order your steps. That's very foolish, amen, to ignore him. And, and so we looked at that. Um, uh, again, how apart from God, life can be a mystery. But we studied how that in Jesus, he holds all things together. And that you and I can walk in this fallen world with a lot of things that are inconsistent and unfair, but know that Jesus holds us. To know that if we seek first his kingdom, he's promised to add those things and to walk with us. In fact, Jesus, one time he says, he goes, I'm the light of the world. And if you'll follow me, if you'll pursue my will, not ignore it, but pursue my will, you don't have to walk in the darkness. You can walk in light. You don't have to trip and make foolish mistakes and wake up and say, why did I do that? Or how did I get here? Because Jesus says, if you'll seek me, I'll give you light to make wise decisions. I'll enable you to walk and avoid the pitfalls. So number one, James says, it's really foolish to ignore the will of God because life is complex. Amen? And I joke about it all the time. Some people, you know, they're big and proud. They can't even drive stick shift. I mean, come on. You know, life's complex. They can't even figure that out, right? Some, some can't, don't understand how to turn their computer off or on. I mean, and, and they think they can run their own lives without God. So anyway, complex. Secondly, uh, life is uncertain. Life is uncertain. That's, didn't he say that? He says, look in verse 14. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. You're making plans. Your big 10-year plan. How about find the will of God and do it? How about that? Is that a good plan? But the uncertainty of life. These men are making plans for the year and they couldn't see tomorrow. 
You don't know what will happen tomorrow. And they're boasting. But they were confident. We will. We will. We can. And again, um, such an attitude Jesus talked about in that parable of the farmer that was blessed. And we talked about that in Luke's gospel. Remember, he had such a good crop. He said, I'll build bigger barns and I'll, I'll store my stuff and I'll just sit back and eat, drink, and be merry. And, and, but then God had a comment. You know, God's commentary is the one that really matters. I mean, Fox News don't matter. Certainly CNN don't matter. Um, but, what, but I'll tell you one commentator that matters, the Almighty. Amen? And, and God said, you fool. He, he thought he was uh, businessman of the year. CEO of Fortune 500. He thought he had. God said, you're a fool. Because you're storing up all these things for yourself, but you haven't stored up any riches in heaven. You haven't had things right with God. Because life's uncertain. You know, I want to make sure that if my heart stops today, first person I'm going to see is Jesus. Amen? Because they can say all the nice things they want about you. They can lie about you all they want over that pine box. But when you stand before the Lord, none of that matters. It's his commentary that matters then. Amen? So again, life, there's an uncertainty here. So again, life is not uncertain to God, but man, it's uncertain to us. And only in God. Can you and I be confident and walk secure and have that courage to face this life? Amen? So again, life is uncertain. And, and in our text, there was no allowance made for the unforeseen circumstances. And the businessmen were so confident in their plans and their goals, yet as James points out, hey man, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. All right, now we start the next one. Number three, the brevity of life. James says, you know, it's really foolish to ignore the will of God. We want to pursue the will of God, amen? Didn't Jesus teach us to pray, thy will be done? That we're, we're, to, we're to pursue the will of God. Ask, Father, lead me, God. Jesus, you're my shepherd, order my steps. I, don't, I can't see, I don't know. I need help, amen? Lord, give me wisdom, give me guidance. Life's complex, life's uncertain. Life is short. The next one is the brevity of life. Notice in verse 14b, after he said, you don't know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? It's a mist or a vapor that appears for just a little while and then vanishes. You know, it's like when it's foggy. That time of year when it gets, you get out in the morning and you can't even see out your window the fog. But give it a couple of hours and it burns off, it lifts off. That quick. That's life. So here we go. Life is short, let's be ready. Life is short, let's be fruitful. Life is short, let's make the most of the opportunities we have to live for Christ now and prepare for the future. You know, when we look at this, it's like that old story. We've heard it before. It's all about the dash. It's all about the dash. We got a cemetery across the street. And you go look at those tombstones of born and died, and then there's a dash in the middle. The dash, the mist, the vapor. How we do it? It's all about the dash. Life is that vapor, the mist, but what we do here and now in the dash will determine eternity and forever. What will we do in this vapor, this mist that's so short, brevity, it's short. But man, we better use it smart, amen? Because what I do now determines my eternity. What I do about Christ now determines where I spend eternity. You see, understand this. Your will is only free till your last breath. Your will is only free till your heart stops beating. Then you got no more free will then you go where God destined you to go because you chose or didn't choose. Amen? 
So life is short. I don't want to ignore God's will. How many more years? You know, when we were younger, the old people used to always want to preach to the young ones. Life is short. You never know. You got to get your hearts right with God. Well, now I'm around older people, and I want to say, hey, old people. I'm getting there, but... You don't, it's shorter. That's right, brother. That's why I was thinking about that this afternoon. Man, you ought to reckon, it's like the brevity is really brev for you, amen? Because, I mean, I mean, talk about that vapor, that mist, it's going, it's going. You better, now is not, if you're an old person, listen to me. Now is not the time to compromise or backslide or get lukewarm. Now is the time to get strong in Jesus and finish your race. Can you say amen? Because life's short. Oh, my. Life is short. So let's invest it in eternity. This is a repeated theme in Scripture, isn't it? Life to us can sometimes seem long, and we measure it in years. But in comparison to eternity, life is but a vapor. Now, now look again at verse 14. Now look what it says, 14b. What is, what is, Your life, not life, not life, your life. We're not talking about philosophy. We're not not trying to get deep here. What is what? No, 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 no. What is your life, James wants to know. What is your life? Isn't that right? What is your life? What is your life? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where do I go from here? What is your life? Wow. Wow. We see, we count our years, but God says to number our days. To number our days. Wow. Wow. Look at Psalm 90 and verse 12. Look at Psalm 90 and verse 12. What is your life? I like your life. And her brother Ravens, he'll preach a message on that. Ooh, I feel the altars. I'll tell you that one right now. Ooh, brother Leonard gets preaching. And what is your life? I mean, if you, you can be saved, you get saved all over again. Amen. Just to make sure. By the time that man of God got done. Psalm 90, and if you see verse 12, notice, teach us to number our days. All right, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And right before that, he's talking about the anger and the wrath of God and how awesome it is and how that God is worthy of our reverence and our fear. And then he goes on, so teach us, Lord, to number our days. And my, my, my footnote kind of puts it like this. Everyone ought to know the measure of the few days he will play, the arrogant he will play, and with no thought, with no thought of his mortality, the, the people here that are the foolish ones that are ignoring God's anger, that are ignoring, revering God. He says, they're, 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 they're like the fool that has no thought of his mortality or of his accountability to God. He's not numbering his days. He's not recognizing the day comes when I stand before the Lord, amen? And that he could call me at any time. And so again, the brevity of life is something that James is really striving here. Look look at Psalm 103. Go in your Bible to Psalm 103. Number our days. Remember our mortality and our accountability. Amen? One day when I stand before him, I have to give an account for the life I've lived. I have to give an account. Have I obeyed him? Have I done his will? I'll never forget Brother Clendenin said when he was, because I, I was a young preacher, 
and I, I did a visitation on an older preacher. He was only in the 70s. He goes, that seemed ancient at that time. He says, he was not so old now. He said, not so, he's about 90 when he's preaching. He goes, not so old now, he said. But I went there, and, and I spoke, prayed for him. And I was just a young preacher, just starting out. And I got back to um, the little church and went to pray in the sanctuary. I said, oh, Lord, here's a man that was a minister all these years. Why was he so fearful? And he goes, you know, sometimes it don't take God long to talk to you. I go, God, why was he so fearful? He's knowing you've been a preacher. Why? Because he didn't do what I told him to do. Terrible thing to be facing death. You know, you haven't done what God told you to do. Whew. Whew. Feeling like Brother Ravenhill now. Amen. All right, Psalm 103. Let's look at this. Let's look at this together. Now look at verses 13 through 17, because I'm glad this evening that God knows and understands our mortality and our frailty and our weakness. Aren't you glad about that? Sometimes we don't know or we don't act like we know. You know what I mean? Man is, you know, the arrogance of man. The, the man, you know. But I'm, a, I'm grateful that God in his compassion knows what we're made of. Amen? And so here we go. Psalm 103 and verse 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those that fear him. For he knows how we are formed. And he remembers that we are dust. I'm glad God remembers that. He knows what we're made. He, that's why he's compassionate and patient with us. Amen? As for man, verse 15, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it's gone. In his place, remember. Boom, beautiful. Not so beautiful. But from everlasting to everlasting. The Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. What a beautiful thought. God remembers. See, God, and that's why he's compassionate. Amen. And if we'll just fear him and give him proper reverence in our lives, you see, he'll, he'll recognize our frailty and he'll give us extra compassion and extra patience and he'll help us. But it's the proud and the self-sufficient that God deals with. Amen. But to the humble. He lifts up. He takes care of. He, he, he lifts in his arms. Go ahead, if you would, 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25. 1 Peter 1, 24 and 25. Talking about the brevity of life. Life is short. So let's make sure we don't ignore the will of God, but we seek the will of God. Amen? Knowing that God recognizes our frailty, we need to recognize our frailty. Amen? God recognizes our mortality. We need to recognize that and live in a way that's reverent before the Lord. These are the words of Peter. And again, so often you see the pride of man. I, I, there's a big thing going on now. The, the, my, my legacy. What's your legacy? I've seen some talk about legacy. They don't get saved. They're going to be in hell. That's not much of a legacy. But other lost men will be jumping up and down. You know, we make statues to people that were whoremongers and drunks. And we make statues to them. We put the flag at half-mast for people that God's not even letting in. I mean, oh, no. For all men are like grass. That's not good for your ego, is it? At least make me like a rose or something. Amen. Grass, common grass. Someone said crabgrass. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, at least make it that Hawaiian, that good stuff. You know what I mean? That nice green stuff. 
All men are like grass. And their glory. We've got the Hall of Fames. <laughs> I watched one. I hope he's a brother. I watched one brother give his Hall of Fame speech last weekend. And, and one of, he was one of the guys I watched growing up. He was an older guy from the 70s playing for the Jets. And, and he says, you know, I'm in a lot of Hall of Fames. The Jersey Hall of Fame. The Rutgers Hall of Fame. And now the Football Hall of Fame. He says, well, I'm really hoping I want to make that Hall of Fame. <laughs> and this big one, he pointed, I said, you got that right, brother. If you don't make that Hall of Fame, none of the other Hall of Fames matter. Isn't that right? Because all men are like grass, even the Hall of Famers, like grass and all their glory. It's like the flowers of the field. It's short. Brevity, right? We're talking brevity. Things are short. So make sure you got your ducks in order and your priorities in order and things are right with God. Their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word, <laughs> but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was, the gospel will stand forever. Amen. Those that know the Lord will live forever. But James is saying, listen, life is short. It's like a vapor. So make sure you're right with God. Make sure you're doing what God's called you to do. Make sure you're ready to go at any moment because he could call us home. No one's guaranteed. Amen? And certainly make sure you seek God for his wisdom and his will. And we pursue the will of God. We don't take it for granted because we don't know these things. Because I'm limited because of my frailty. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Again, because life is short, I want to invest it. Amen? Life is short. I want to invest it in eternity. I want to get some treasure in heaven. Amen? I, I want to make sure. You know, I used, to talk with, I used to joke with some people. I said, you've done so little for the Lord. God's going to feel sorry for you. Put some Zircon in, that, in that, 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 that crown. But you haven't earned any real jewels. You haven't taught a Sunday school class. haven't taken rangers. haven't sacrificed your time to serve and visit the widow or the shut-in. Woo! Oh, I used to love how I used to preach it. Oh, Feels good thinking about it. Ah, I used to preach it. I used to remember, remember when we used to have evangelists that had revivals? We can't handle that now because people can't stand more than 30 minutes of preaching. Can't get them out more than a time and a half a month. But anyhow, but they used to preach. Remember, they used to preach, oh, get right with God. Isn't that true? <laughs> get right with God. Get right with God. Wow. Let's get right with God and let's start storing up some treasures that matter and that'll last. See, don't store up, this is Jesus here, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Moth and rust destroy, or thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Amen, live here in a way that's up there, you're touching lives for Jesus, amen. If you did it for the least of them, you've done it. Store up treasures in heaven where moth, rust, and dust don't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. Hey, there's no um, depression or whatever they, what, what was it called? What do they got nowadays going on? Up and down that economy goes, none of that in heaven. Amen. It's none of these jokers down here touching it. Anyway, uh, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where they don't break in. For where your treasure is, their heart will be also. Oh, that'll preach, won't it? Isn't that right? Yeah, I used to say to some people sometimes, listen, I used to one guy, and he, he turned out okay, but I had to be tough with him. 
But sometimes men need to, you got you know, you got to wake them up. He's always belly. I said, listen, you got a big heart, but you don't, you, you're not going anywhere in God unless you get consistent. Come on, listen, this is what we're going to do. I don't have time to argue. We're going to, I'm going to get a calendar just for you. Me, we're going to have a special, me and you are going to have a special calendar. I'm going to start marking down what services you're at. Nice guy. I mean, give you the straw off his back. But he's always so busy doing this. And I said, listen, I'm not here to argue. It is what it is. You can't show up every other week and expect God to, you know, you want to be used to God. I mean, I'm not putting those words in your mouth. You're telling me. I'm telling you if you want to. You got to be a lot more consistent than that. I'll never forget, Brother Hagee said years ago, I, I, I can tell what you're all about. I can tell you're, 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 where, where, what you really love, where your heart and treasure is. Show me two things. I know this is going back some years now. Brother Hagee, he says, just show me your checkbook and show me your calendar. That's all I need to know. You can tell me everything else. If I know where your treasure is going, I know where your time is being spent. I can tell you what's, what's important to you. Amen? Life is short. Don't just live it. Don't even just spend it, but invest it in eternity. Amen? Win souls for Christ. Go in his name to do his works. Love those that, that are broken. Lift them up in his name. So what we have here, we have this thought. Evaluate the use of time in the light of the brevity of life. I don't have that much time left. I need to use it for the kingdom. I don't have that much time left. Let me use it for something that really matters. It's foolish to take no thought to our mortality and accountability before God. All right, let's keep walking down this. Let's keep walking down this. These men had been planning as if they knew exactly what the future holds or even, or even as if they controlled the future the way they were talking. But the fact is, not only is their knowledge limited, but their very lives are uncertain. Might not be here next year. Amen? Might not be here next year. To point out the transitory nature of life, James uses an illustration from nature, a mist, a vapor. In the morning it covers, by noon it's gone. Since life is brief, don't waste it. Don't even spend it. Invest it in that which is eternal. In that which is eternal. Amen? All right, now here's the last one. Last one. The frailty of man. James gave four arguments why it's foolish to ignore the will of God. And remember, you can be a Christian and ignore the will of God. These were people going to church. They were Christian businessmen, but they were ignoring the will of God, so James is calling them out. And he says, listen, you're acting like practical atheists. You're boasting and making plans, and nothing wrong about making plans. It's wisdom to make plans and goals, but get God in the thing, amen? At least submit it to the Lord. At least say, Lord, give me some wisdom here. I need some plans for the year. I want to be a good steward of my time, amen? That's fine, but make sure you ask the Lord, and you submit it to him. So number one, he says, listen, you, you have to um, seek the Lord because life's complex, life's uncertain, life is short, and lastly, man is frail. Man is frail. Let's think about that. The best of men are just men at best. 
I recognize I'm not in control of this life, am I? You know, isn't that true? You, you can leave a, a Father's Day service, you know, preach your heart out, feel strong. By Monday morning, <laughs> the doctor's saying, you need, you, your heart's not working, brother. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, life is, hey, we're frail, aren't we? We're, we're frail. It's just the same. <laughs> I'm not in control. Let's look at a few verses here that support that. Um, Jeremiah 10 and 23. Jeremiah 10 and 23. I'm not in control. God is. So I want to make sure I get God in my wisdom. Amen? Get God in the equation. Lord, we need you. I I need some insider information. Amen? I I need someone that knows the future and knows the hearts of men and can even change the hearts of men if he needs to. Lord, I want you. Amen? I want you. I'm going into this business deal. Lord, I want you. I'm going to make a decision. It's going to affect my family. Lord, I need you. Because I can see it, and I can talk myself into it, and I can justify it. But I, stop, stop. Lord, if it be your will. And if you're not in this, please throw a monkey wrench in. And a lot of times he'll just take the peace away, won't he? Amen? And if you're sincere about that, he'll do something. And you reckon, oh, Lord, you try to tell me something? And he'll, until finally, you wait, wait, let me hold off on this and pray it through again. And that's God's mercy, keeping us from going down. I, hey, I, I thank the Lord. He's kept me from going down many a path. Not, not sinful in themselves, but paths that looked like they would have been good, and I thought it would have been good, but God knew better, right? And, and it wasn't a sinful path. It was a thing I said, hey, this seems like it makes sense for ministry, or this seems like it would be something where my gifts would fit real well. And then as you pursue it, you, God just, I mean, God can tell you, you think things are falling into place, and all of a sudden you're in mud, you know what I mean? You're just, you're just spinning those wheels, and oh, Lord. God's saying, seek me. You're getting, to, you're getting ahead of the game. And God spoke to me one time years ago. He says, stop knocking on that door. You see, we, we have things to do on our end. We're supposed to knock and ask, but we're not supposed to blow it down. Amen? You see, one time, God says, stop it. If you keep knocking on that door, you're going to put something in motion. That's not me, it's you. See, we, we got certain, we, got, we can do things, can't we? And if God's saying, slow down, and finally God said, just stop knocking on that door. It's not for you. But if you keep it up, you might put something in motion. It wasn't my best. It wasn't my will. So we've got to watch that. Frailty of man. Jeremiah says, I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It's not for a man to direct his steps. We belong to the Lord, don't we? We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. We've got to recognize that. We have to recognize that. And Do we have another verse up there? Go to those other verses, Proverbs 19 and 21. Let's check that one out. Proverbs 19. Um, Amen. I like that. I probably wrote it wrong, but that's a good verse anyhow. That's all right. That's all right. I'm telling you. I'm going to look at my own Bible. Let me look at this one. That's all right. I've been known to write it wrong. I've been known to write it right and can't read my own handwriting, so don't worry about that. I'm going to look at that. What did I say? Proverbs 19. All right. In 21. Let's take a look at that. Proverbs 19. Amen. Proverbs 19 and 21. How about this one? Many are the...
plans in a man's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. How about that? Proverbs 19 and 21. Everything I have, old NIV, old NIV. There you go. Oh, that's better. Now you got me. Many are the plans in a person's heart. You got plans, I got plans. Sometimes, and they're good. They're not, they're not always selfish as far as ungodly. Sometimes they're well-meaning, sincere. Amen? But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails when you seek Him, when you, give, when you don't push. You see, the Holy Spirit will nudge you and convict you, but He won't control you like a demon. When demon powers are those things that control and bind. Holy Spirit, you got to yield to that, or He'll just, all right, He'll flutter away. You see what I mean? If you're adamant in doing something, and God speaks to you, and God warns you, and God, sooner or later, if you just want to go that way, God will say, hey, I spoke to you. You can. But many are the plans, but it's the Lord's purpose. If we'll seek God, you see. If we'll say, thy will be done. If we'll seek first the kingdom, we allow him to work. We allow him to work. Because in his sovereignty, he's allowed us a certain levity and a certain room to make decisions. Isn't that right? How do I know that? Isn't it God's will that none perish? How many know a lot are perishing, right? So there's a will of God, but God allows man a certain... All right, what's my next one? Do I got another one up there? I think I got another one. Shoot it up there. Save me the two steps back to my Bible. Hallelujah. I think it's in Proverbs again. It's another Proverbs one. And it's, again, how um, this one, you know what it is? Proverbs 21.1, how the heart of a king is in the Lord's hand. And this just kind of shows, and this one, this just kind of shows that God's sovereignty, if you seek the Lord, God can overrule in circumstances. These businessmen are doing their own thing. But why don't you get God in the equation? Because God can give someone that don't like you all of a sudden liking you. God can get, make a, a no into a yes. God can take a closed door and open it. Proverbs 21 and verse 1. In verse 1, the heart of the king is in the, and he steers it wherever he wants. So when you seek the Lord, amen, and when you pursue the will of God, we got to pursue the will of God. We said that in our first introductory message a few weeks back. The will of God is just not going to happen because God feels sorry for us. We have to seek the will of God and pray the will of God. And if I'm going to have the will of God, I've got to trust God, don't I? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. But He directs them as we trust Him and acknowledge Him. Amen? But if I don't acknowledge Him, if I ignore Him, and if I refuse to trust Him, I don't know about you, sometimes God's opened the door and it took some faith to step into that door. And there's been times God opened the door and I said, Lord, you sure about this? All right, Lord. <laughs> if it's you, I'll go, but I'll tell you what. I'm not cr- you got to trust the Lord, amen? you got to believe God. i got to pursue the will of God. It says seek first the kingdom. Seeking's an action word, isn't it? Seeking's not complacent. Seeking's not passive. Seeking's energetic. To seek something, it takes some effort. I'm going to seek the will of God. If I have a decision, I'm going to get in prayer and I'm going to get in the word. And if I know someone that has wisdom in that area, I'm going to get some counsel. Amen? 
man, if I have a brother that knows something about something, ah, brother, what do you think about this? You, you're good at that. That's your profession. The Bible talks about getting counsel. Amen? I'm going to do the Bible things to seek wisdom. But first of all, I'm saying, Lord, your will be done. Give me your wisdom. You said if I lack it, you'll give it to me. Amen? And when God does, it's so beautiful. When God says, walk this road, God's able to open doors. And the Bible says men can't shut them. He's able to make rough places smooth and crooked places straight. Don't you want him leading you? Don't you want him? You got to pursue that. You got to seek that. You see what I mean? And that's why James said, listen, don't ignore the will of God. We're frail and we're limited. Our, our, our wisdom is limited. Amen? Our strength is limited. Our, our um, influence is limited. But God, heart of the king, he'll give you favor with people that didn't even like you. He'll have people bless you that they'll stretch their head afterwards saying, I don't know why I'm blessing them. I don't like them. I don't believe in them. But for whatever reason, I mean, God is awesome. All right, I'm winding this down. We're going to finish up. Hallelujah. The frailty of man. Let's not boast in the things of this world. Jeremiah 9. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Let's not boast in the things of this world. Let's boast in the Lord. Let's boast in the word of God. Let's boast in the victory of Jesus. This is what the, the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. We, we like to boast in our own wisdom, don't we? I went to this college. I got this degree. I scored this. We, man, is, you know, man, we boasted on that. Or, 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 or the strong man boasts in his strength. Oh, I'm strong. I can lift this. I can do that. Or the, oh, the, we love to boast in money, don't we? Got a tower named after myself. Well, the rich man boasts of his, his riches. You know what I'm worth? I'm a self-made. You know, that man had his boss over for dinner one night. Very proud man, you know. And um, halfway through dinner, a little girl, a little, little sweetie pie, you know, a four or five-year-old, she looked up at him and said, my daddy said, you're, you're a self-made man. He goes, yes, I am. She goes, well, why'd you make yourself like that if you're a self-made man? You know, she, she wasn't impressed by how he was, amen? And, and sometimes God not impressed by how they was, amen? But the Bible says, let not the wise man, don't boast in our wisdom, don't boast in our strength, don't boast in our riches, but what are we going to boast in? What's that next one say? But he who boasts, let him boast in this, that he knows the Lord, amen? Let him who boasts, boast about this, that he understands and knows the Lord. Do you know Jesus? Boast in that. Do you love Jesus? Boast in that. Has Jesus saved you and forgiven you? Boast in your salvation. Because you know the one that's kind and just and righteous. Boast in that. And I know Jesus. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's forgiven me. He's welcome. He's written my name in his book of life. Amen? He's rescued me from the dominion of darkness. Brought me into the kingdom. Here we go. The men cannot control future events. He has neither the wisdom to see the future nor the power to control the future. For him to boast is sin. It's making himself God. It's making himself God. What did Jesus say, John 15 and 5? For without me, you can do nada. Not a thing. That kind of brings it down to nothing, don't it? I mean, Jesus kind of, he just laid it out there, didn't he? I'm the vine, you're the branches, and if a man remains in me, 
Now of him you can bear much fruit. That's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful? If you pursue that will and come under that yoke and seek for a second. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that encouraging? He says you and I can be fruitful. God says you can live a blessed life here. You can be a fruitful person here if you abide with me. But remember, if you want to do your own thing without me, So I did have one more verse. Would you like it? Thank you, Mitch. I know I could count on you. Let's go to Jeremiah. We got one more verse. We're going to sum it up now. This is our summing for let's not ignore the will of God. This James has showed us why it's a foolish decision to ignore it. Instead, let's pursue it. Amen? Let's pray, thy will be done. Let's seek God's will. Let's humble our hearts. Just as Jeremiah, right? This is a beautiful one. And it's very encouraging, and I just want you to see it. In Jeremiah 17, note takers, this is Jeremiah 17, beginning with, with verse 5. This is what the Lord said. Cursed is the one who trusts in man. That could be other men. It could be yourself, right? Trust in the flesh. Who depends on the arm of flesh for his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. I don't need the Lord. I don't need, don't, don't counsel me what the Bible says. I, I, I do my own thing. I'm just fine. God says that man's accursed. We build a statue to him, but God has a different opinion, okay? He'll be like, God says, you know that man, one day he'll be like a, a, a bush in the wastelands, and he won't see prosperity. When it, when it comes time to see Jesus, I want to be prosperous then, amen? Might not have the natural things here, but I, I want to make sure I have it there. Uh, and he, um, when it comes, he will dwell in a parched place in the desert, in a salt land when no one lives. All right, let's go on to seven, chapter, verse 7 now. But here it is. But blessed is the man, I'm going to put in, who seeks the will of God. Amen? Who trusts in the Lord with all his heart. Who puts God first. Who comes under the yoke of Jesus. Come unto me, all you that labor. Amen? That, that's one. That blessed is the man who trusts in the... Do you trust in the Lord? Trust in God. Seek God. Whose confidence is in him. This guy. He's like a tree planted by waters that sent out roots in the stream. He's, plant, he's stable. He's secure. He's not going to get dehydrated when times get tough. But he's got roots. Amen. I mean, the weather can get bad. He's steady. The season can get dry. He got everything to drink from. Amen. I love that. He does not fear when heat comes. Ever see this world? They're running all the time. One little thing comes on the news. They're freaking out. Christians. Less news and more B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Can you say amen? amen. The, one that, the one that's trusting the Lord, you see. He, he's got stability. And he's got connections into that river. You see what I mean? Everything around can be looking negative. But they have hidden resources. They're connected to a river that never runs dry. He doesn't have to fear heat when it comes. His leaves are always green. Oh, I like that. They're fresh, all right? Drinking, drinking of that river. Didn't Jesus say to that woman at the well, if you drink from this water, you'll thirst again. It might be cool and refreshing, but it's very short. It's short, it won't last, amen? But if you drink of the water I give you, you'll never thirst again, amen? If you get tapped into me. Doesn't fear when heat comes, his leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought. Woo! I mean, he said, in, in the hardest times, he's still shouting the victory. In the roughest times, she's still singing his praises. And never fails. I love that. Never fails. 
to bear fruit. Isn't that wonderful? What a blessing. Those two verses, seven and eight, when you trust the Lord, when you pursue his will, when you give him first place in your life, look at these wonderful blessings God says will flow. And the blessings of God are, are, are not controlled by the outward circumstance. That's the beauty of it all. You see, the world has to have everything just right. Amen? But as believers, regardless of what happens, we've got the Lord, regardless of what the economy does, regardless of what the next bug that wants to strike the nations, you and I still know a great physician who's our shield and our shade and our shepherd. Are you with me tonight? Ooh. All right. Time is up. Amen. You're going to throw something at me pretty soon, so I better wind it down. But God is so good. All right, next time we get together, is going to be a few weeks. So um, come on out and enjoy the guest. Brother Gary's going to have a couple of nights. I know he's got some good stuff to share with you. And we've got a missionary next week. I believe a brother that they're going to um, Scotland. So a young couple, I believe, going to Scotland. You want to hear the burden God's put on their heart. When we get back, we'll keep walking through James and attitudes towards the will of God. Amen. Father, thank you so much for these dear ones that have come out. Please bless them with a special blessing. And Lord, help each one of us to pursue your will. To never get, we can get careless, Lord. Sometimes we get busy. We love you and we're believers, but sometimes we can get busy. And we can make decisions without seeking. Or maybe we can set things in motion. And maybe we should have waited a bit and got your mind a little clearer. Lord, help us to practice the things we've learned. To seek you first. To pursue your will. To submit to your way in everything. And Lord, we thank you for the encouragement that the Bible gives us that when we do seek you, when we do trust you, you'll protect us and you'll provide for us and you'll keep us strong and you'll keep us fruitful and you'll keep us vital. Now, Father, bless these dear ones. Use them in a mighty way and give them some wonderful answers to prayer this week. In Jesus' name and all God's people said,